I'm Kevin H. I'm Kevin C. And I'm a Seth. And this is the Dark, Dark Windows, Windows Podcast. Podcast. So just a disclaimer, we are going to talk about some things that people might not be super comfortable with. We're going to use some language, a language that people are not going to be super comfortable with. That's adult language. So, Expletives. So sit back. Relax. And enjoy the show. Or not. That's cool, too. We want to start out by saying a special thank you to our sponsor, Studio Headphones. Studio offers some of the best quality sound and best built headphones on the market without the outrageous prices that other brands offer. They offer a variety of different styles, including over-the-ear, wired earbuds, and completely wireless Bluetooth buds. The two newest models are the Klar, which are over-the-ear noise-canceling headphones that offer 30 hours of playtime. Hold on. 30 hours continuous playtime without being recharged. And the Tolve, which are totally wireless Bluetooth earbuds that offer seven hours of playtime in a case that holds four additional charges for the buds. So check out studio.com where you will find some of the best quality headphones and earbuds on the market. And if you enter Dark Windows 15 at checkout, they will take 15% off your entire order. What's going on, everybody? What? Uh, uh, guten Tag, Herr Listeners. Sounds like ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go for some ice cream right now. Hagendas. Hagendas, everyone. <laughs> that's German for hello. Uh, and goodbye? And no, that's Hawaiian. Oh. <laughs> I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah, that's not fun. Yeah, but it's okay because only you would suffer. Mm. I don't care. So now that we've got our shit all squared away where we do our studio thing on a our previous square. part. Our Sadiao. What do you got us to talk about? So, since Valentine's Day is right around the corner, and I know I'm not the only one into painting miniatures and sweet hobby-related funness, if you know anybody or any loved ones that are into painting miniatures, you know what you should do? You should head over to GameEnvy.net, home of the Hobby Holder, the two-in-one multi-purpose little painting tool, or if you want to brush Bastion, a paint hook. Hitting that piece again. Oh, yeah. And any other variety, kind of like little things, that painting miniatures you can think of or hobby-related tools you may need. And then put all that fun stuff in your checkout cart. Put in the promo code BROADSTONE. No? No one's going to smell it? Right. No, no, no. Nope, I think we're good. <laughs> and uh, you'll save yourself 10% off your entire order. Nice. Um, Timely. Fuck yeah. So we are going to, at some point in time, just a little bit of news here. At some point in time, we're going to be running a couple of promos for some other shows. Woo! Yeah. Um, and we still want more art. To yes, come in. We, we need more artwork, people. All of the art. Send us more, because we have not had that many yet. We need more. Yeah, and apparently I'm not allowed to enter because I'm part of the show. Exactly. Listen, Maybe I want a sticker. Hey, your artwork was too good. Okay. No, it wasn't. My wife didn't even put it on the fridge. And my miniature, <laughs> she's just like, yeah, get these fucking things out of How here. How do you put those on the fridge? Magnets. Up, up on the door? No, Seth? magnets. Oh. I you glue magnets on the bottom. Okay, fair Seth, enough. Seth, I said it was good. Okay? Yeah. I liked it, and we just cannot afford to use your artwork. I know. The royalties and everything we have to pay. Yeah, I'm an expensive nuts. bitch. Yeah. You are. Damn oh, you. something else cool. What's cool? Um, If anybody that listens to this gets... um. The serv- a service called Cryptid Crate that's sent out by uh, Derek Hayes that runs uh, Monsters Among Us. The- it's an awesome, awesome show. Um, I've actually called into it before. Anybody that gets Cryptid Crate, I'm not sure if it's this month or next month, you're going to get one of our business cards in it. Wait, and- wait, wait. Yeah. Connections? I don't know. But on the back of the business cards, I still have a couple of these bad boys here because my wife is a genius. Let me see. 
she's like, hey, instead of writing it all by hand, why don't we just put it on labels and stick them on there? I'm like, you're smart. Let's do that. Yeah, and well, we would have her write it because, let's be honest, she yeah. has the nicest handwriting out of all of us. Yeah, and it just tells you where to find us. It's pretty pretty excellent. So Hell yeah, and then maybe we'll throw in more stuff next time. Yeah, but again, with the artwork. Uh, like one of my beard hairs. Oh. No, because I don't want no clones of me. No, we don't need that. We don't need more yeah. fucking giant redheads. Oh, throw in one of my beard beard, beard hair thing stuff you know clearly you don't have a beard because you can't say beard (laughs) shut up seth hey while we're sending them things that don't exist we'll send them a bag of frog hair and chicken teeth (laughs) chickens don't have teeth no they just got peckers they eat with their (laughs) nuts dirtiest Uh, animals in the world they eat with their peckers gross and we'll send you a picture of a frog that can kiss you god damn well, I, I thought we were just going to send out stickers if you send artwork, but I guess we're going to send out kissing frogs. Mm-hmm. And a special surprise for the winner. Valentine's yeah. Day, you know. Yeah, the the winner, we're still hoping to get you something pretty excellent. So, but anyway, now that we've got all the fun stuff out of the way, let's talk about something awful. Uh, this week, My and... sister's cooking. Ouch. <laughs> she don't fucking listen to this shit. Got her. So this week and n- at least next week, we're going to be talking about the Texarkana Phantom Murders. Really? Yeah. This one's one that I've always kind of, always been kind of fascinated with because there's a lot of shit that goes into it, and they, you know, it's 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 interesting, to say the least. Is it bad that every time I hear Texarkana, uh, the first thing I do is think of Smoking the Bandit? No, because that's perfect. And I originally thought that's what this, like, kind of we're talking about was something along those lines, like... <laughs> moonshine running or something cool like that and then you gave me a little snippet it was like oh yeah no this is not okay jokes are here to lighten the mood not to make fun of you know what i just thought Mm. of the most trucker thing of all time though you take this because you get your smoking the bandit thing with trucker okay call it the texas phantom 309 murders phantom 309 was a good trucker song by who red so vine Uh fuck yeah dude i know my trucker music god damn it all right yeah well, your brother did have a CB radio in his Bronco. Yeah. He had the CB radio in more than just a Bronco. <laughs> yeah. He finally retired that damn thing. Oh, that was my dad's from when he was a tr- when he was trucking. That that thing was fucking old. So Texarkana is a small city that straddles the states of Texas and Arkansas. But for being a fairly small town, it has the highest population in all of Miller County, Arkansas. So that's the half of that's in Arkansas is in Miller County. On the, Miller like the beer? Yeah, it's the same spelling. Huh? Yeah. But I think that's... No beer runs? No. That, that was Coors, actually. Doesn't fucking matter. It was Coors Heavy that they it's were after. It's all piss beer. <laughs> yeah, no, they were after Coors Heavy. Is it still around? No, because it yes, sucked. Yes, it is, actually. Okay, then yeah. I'll shut up. What? Coors Heavy. Continue. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I don't drink piss water. But on the other side, which, which is known, I'm going to say... Uh, hey, fuck you, first of all. I like Miller Lite. <laughs> Coors Light is like sex in a canoe fucking close to water. But What's Miller Light's good. Sorry, I got balls, so I drink real man beer. I'm fucking cheap. That's why I drink Miller Light. <laughs> this is true. And it's good. I can get a six-pack of it for like seven bucks and get drunk, so I'm good. He's a cheap date. I am. So you Not get, me. Get him drunk and, you know. Let him loose and tell him to go squash hunting. Yeah. Wouldn't be the first time. Um, But on the other side, which is known as the Texas side, which is in uh, Bowie County, they have the distinction of having their very own Walmart. That's Dude. fucking like, yeah, they've got their we own have a Walmart, Walmart here. Yeah. Yeah, but so and did they. And we're a blip. 
Yeah. So so do they though. Hey man. They okay. got their own Walmart. So hey, okay. That's what makes the Texas side better than the Arkansas side. Apparently, according to this book that I'm reading, is because they have a Walmart. Oh, Walmart. So the town originally uh, originated due to competing railroad companies and was part of a border dispute with Mexico during the 1800s. Texarkana is a typical quiet little town, but 73 years ago, a masked madman held the dusty little town captive in fear for most of spring of 1946. Oh, snap. Yeah, like, this guy fucked this whole town up. Because that's a real attention getter. Yeah. He fucked the whole town? Uh, We're we're not going to make too many fuck jokes in this one because, yeah. Well, I just made the first one, so. Yeah, let's, yeah, I don't think think there's going to be any more to be made about that, though, because... Well, we'll be the judge of that. Yeah. So on the night of February 22nd, 1946, uh, Jimmy Hollis and his girlfriend, Mary Larray, decided to pull off on the side of the road to attend to some business, I guess, in the backseat. Mm-hmm. So Hollis was 24 at the time. Larray was 19. Jesus. Yeah. That's, that's an age difference. Yeah. That's not the worst one we're going to see either. <laughs> that's not that bad. When was this? 1946. Oh, come on now. Yeah. They were in the back of Hollis's dad's car, the, the, uh, and the two had been dating for quite a while. The two in the car were supposed to be home by midnight, but as we know, hormones take priority over deadlines and curfews. Yeah. I mean, well, obviously. Everyone, who, everyone who's ever been a kid's like, yeah, I'm not going to worry about it. And then you get yelled at by your parents. How am I supposed to be home by midnight when I've got a boner? Yeah, and then you get yelled <laughs> at by your parents, and they say, I'm going to barbecue your ass in molasses, motherfucker. Ooh. Two Diablo sandwiches. Boom! <laughs> there is no way you came from my lawn. When I get home, I'm going to punch trying to, your mother right in the mouth. <laughs> I'm trying to sneak them in. But, Daddy! I don't care what the goddamn Germans have got nothing to do with this. <laughs> that is not germane to the situation. Uh, okay. So as the two lovebirds, uh, yeah. as the two young lovebirds were taking care of business, some paperwork, if you will, in the back seat, they were interrupted by a, a blinding flashlight coming through the driver's side window. What are you two doing back there? That's what they thought. They thought it was just like a really shitty timed like police patrol coming by and being like, "Uh oh, we got a couple fucking in a car. We got to get them out of here." <laughs> um, so Hollis gets himself together and uh, rolls the window down, and uh, as soon as he did, he he couldn't really see anything because the flashlight was right in his face, and he was told to get out of the car. So still thinking at this point in time, it's a cop. We're fucked. So he gets out of the car and closes the door behind him. And when he turned around, he found himself face to face with a guy wearing what they described as a burlap sack with two eye holes cut out of it for a mask. So Jason Voorhees and... In number two. Yeah. Yeah. Zodiac Killer. It's funny you mentioned that. We're going to talk about that next week. Mm-hmm. Now look yeah. who's got the ESPN. Yeah, he's got... Minds. I mean, with a story this old, I dare say he's got ESPN Classic. Mm. <laughs> no fucking Joe Frazier and whatnot. What the hell was that? ESPN. Oh, I don't dun, sport. Dun, 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 dun. That's baseball tonight. <laughs> so this guy in the mask immediately just stuffs a gun in his face. Um, Hollis would later say, "Fella, you got me confused with somebody else. You've got the wrong man." And uh, Hollis would later actually would continue to say that later on the masked gunman muttered something like, I don't want to kill you, so do what I tell you. That's kind of a weird thing to do right there. Like, automatically think, okay, he's going to rob us, whatever. Yeah, or having the instant regret. Like, you build up, like, I'm going to fucking kill somebody. I'm going to feel, I'm, I'm finally going to do it. I'm finally going to kill somebody. And then when you finally push comes to shove, you're like, I, I don't really want to do this anymore. No. <laughs> Back out and that, like, get scared want, or cold feet or whatever. I don't want to play ball anymore. Yeah, like, it was fun to play and talk about it, but it's, I don't really want to put it into action. 
So this is where things get really weird because as Hollis is trying to trying to calm this guy down, the gunman demands that Hollis remove his pants. And when he did, when he's like, take your pants off, he just stuffed the gun right like in his face, like making contact with his forehead, telling him to take his pants off. You're going to make a joke about telling the guy to take his pants off? Yeah, maybe he liked his style of clothing and was like, you know what? Fuck him, man. I don't want to kill him, but I want his pants. I want those kind of bell bottoms or whatever kind of dungarees or denims he's rocking. So instead of like doing the gangster thing and stealing somebody's shoes, he's like, take your pants off. Well, think about it. If he had any holes in his pants or he can't afford a new pair of pants, this dude obviously has got a car. He's got a nice lady, which means he takes care of himself. They have the same waistline, maybe the same inseam. Or was it more of a Terminator situation where he needed his clothes? Uh, no, I think he had clothes. Okay. Although if he's robbing a dude or sticks a gun in it and all he's wearing is a burlap sack and nothing else. Okay, yeah. I'm- that is probably the most baller like way to like go rob somebody. He's like, you have a burlap sack. You could wear the burlap sack kind of as an underwear. No, man, I'm going to protect my face. Well, I'm now always going to see that freckle on your dick. Um, now I'm going to know you as freckle dick. Okay, so I want you to imagine you know, sitting in your car with your wife. And all of a sudden, that would never happen, but okay. A naked man with a burlap bag over his head comes up and starts knocking on the window, telling you to get out and take your pants off. What's your first thought? Uh, is it cold out or you just have problems? This guy's going to try to fuck me. Yeah. And I'm going to punch him in his nuts. <laughs> no, you're not. Because he's pointing a gun at you. Mm-mm. Tiger uppercut. <laughs> Tiger uppercut. Tiger uppercut. And I've seen Krav Maga movies and TV shows and YouTube videos. I know how to def- deflect. All right. If you're ever attacked by a naked man, just remember, grab and twist. Or when in doubt, just start making fun of him and make him cry. Oh, grab his dick with both hands, give him an Indian sunburn. Like, you want me to do this? Yikes. All right, fine. Ooh, or like in Banshee, when he had to do the man love with his mouth and he bit the dude's dick off. What's this? In Banshee. TV show. Never Cinemax. seen it. <clears throat> pretty Never good show. It. Check it out. Yep, so he had pretty much told him, I want you to take your pants off. So at this point in time, Larray bega- uh, Larray started begging Hollis to just comply with him, hoping that it wouldn't turn vi- any more violent than it already had been. Hollis is take your damn pants <clears throat> off again. Yeah. We've already seen everything anyway. Yeah, it's nothing impressive. I mean, just take them off. So instead, the, the stranger overpowered Hollis and began beating him. In and around the head with the uh, the revolver that he carried, he was he was complying with him, and he just fucking Pistol buffaloed him. his ass. Pistol whipped him, cracked him with it. So as Hollis laid motionless on the ground, the attacker continued beating him until he actually cracked Hollis's skull. Holy crap! The amount of force it takes to crack a human skull is is kind of astonishing. I was kind of shocked. It's about eleven hundred pounds of force to do it. So that's continuously swinging nonstop with the butt of the pistol, you said? No, he was hitting him with a cylinder. Are you serious? Yeah. He, that's he, a lot of force to generate with just that much motion. Like, I can understand the butt because you can swing it like a hammer. Right. But he, uh, he, he, there was a, like, there was an old term from, like, back in the day that, uh, our buddy Justin Rimmel uses all the time on his show. It's called Buffalo and Somebody, where you hit him in the back of the head or the side of the head with the cylinder and it fucking knocks you, like, smooth the fuck out. Yeah. It's kind of one of those moments where it's like, if I knew it wouldn't do permanent damage, I kind of wanted someone to do it to me just to know what yeah. it feels like. But the same breath is like, I've been hit in the head with a chair before, because, you know, backyard wrestling, <laughs> and that fucking kills. I've been hit in the head with a hammer. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. yeah but, but I thought buffaloing was like, you, you, you get him like the butt of the... No, it, it's with the, the cylinder. Because you hit him, 
And it's trying to, you know, you're just basically trying to, you know, knock them out. Yeah, but they they use the cylinder because there's less of a chance of the cylinder cracking than than your grips and having to replace them. So use the cylinder, just fucking, just crack them with it. Um, So at this point in time, Larray, who was fully panicked, was thinking that the sound of Hollis's skull fracturing was a gunshot. She said that the, uh, she told the man that they had no money or valuables and tried to hand the man uh, Hollis's wallet. The masked man then demanded her purse and told her to run towards the road. At this point in time, if I'm her, I'm probably freaking the fuck out. Like, okay, my boyfriend's dead, and this guy wants me to run off. I don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah, it's time to get the fuck out and do not look back. So as Larray ran towards the road, the strange man gave chase, screaming, liar, liar, liar at her constantly as he was chasing her. The man eventually caught up with her and forced her to the ground. Um... Larray would later say that the man did not rape her, but he sexually assaulted her with the revolver. So, what that's... I, like, okay, so... Texas Chainsaw Massacre stuff, I'm thinking. Yeah, like putting it <clears> in her <throat> mouth, rubbing it all over her, yeah. flicking lady parts, some really dis- disrespectful bullshit. Uh, the Devil's Rejects, Otis in the hotel room. Yeah. Yeah. Where it just makes everybody uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, as Lorraine tried to fight off the much bigger man, she eventually managed to get free and stood uh, <clears throat> and stood up and told him, go on and kill me. She then ran to a nearby house at 805 Blanton Street where she woke up the, the sleeping family and begged for their help. Shortly after calling the, the police, Bowie County Sheriff H.W. I'm sorry, Bowie County Sheriff W.H. Bill Presley arrived at the first crime scene. And no, he's not related to Elvis. I checked. I wanted to make sure. I didn't even. Go, I didn't even go down that road. Nope. I had to like. It's like, wait a minute. Was Elvis's like third cousin a cop somewhere? That'd be kind of cool. I mean, he was in the army, so. Okay, so uh, Bill Presley arrived at the first crime scene. Both Hollis and Larray escaped with their lives, but would live the rest of their lives with lasting physical and emotional scars. Both would go on to to describe the attacker as a tall man wearing a burlap sack with two slits cut out for eye holes. They could not agree on on the race of the attacker. This could have been a, this could have been fairly important because the population of Texarkana was fairly evenly split between um, white and black at about forty eight percent somewhere in that neighborhood each, with a handful of like Latino and Native American thrown into the mix just for good measure. Uh, Hollis thought the man was white with tan skin from working outside, you know, as you know, like farmer or something like that. Totally makes sense. This is the weird part was Larray thought that the man was black due to his, quote, mannerisms and cursing. So because apparently only black people are <laughs> only black people swear, I guess. Or it could be just Texas, this, but the stereotypical I, way. Like, you know, there are certain ways people say things. Yeah, that's true. That you're like, that you can instantly like, OK, that's a, an Italian way of how they word things or how they roll the R's is more Latino. And fair enough. There are stereotypical ways of way people say things that you could just be like, "Oh, that's a northern way of saying things." Right. Or cuz there's there is a movie uh based on this event called uh, The Town That Dreaded Sundown that they made in the 70s where the attacker you don't ever see his skin. It's just mask and like coveralls and gloves. So, unless the guy's talking, it would be a little bit difficult to try to figure out anything like that. Yeah. Know? But at this point in time, the authorities and townspeople still had no idea what was what they were up for. This is just the very beginning of it. In the small hours of the morning of March 24th, a trucker spotted a young man sleeping in an old, old in an Oldsmobile on the side of the road. Worried about the danger the man could be in just sitting on the side of the road, the trucker ran to the driver's side window, 
hoping to wake him up and be like, dude, there's just go find a parking lot or something to sleep in. Yeah, this is not the place to crash, yeah. i.e. sleep. Exactly. <clears throat> when the driver got to the window, he was horrified to find the man was not sleeping but dead with two bullet holes in the back of his head. Holy shit. He then looked in the back seat and found the lifeless body of a teenage girl wrapped in a blanket. These two had not been as lucky as the first set of victims of the Phantom, who both survived. Uh, Richard Griffin, 29, was a retired Navy CB, which is the uh, the Navy Construction Battalion. Oh, okay. Um, They're engineers. Yeah. And his girlfriend of a few weeks, Polly Ann Moore, 17, uh, they had been heading back from a double date with Griffin's sister and her boyfriend at a local cafe and pulled off onto the side of the road for some alone time. They weren't in any rush to get back to Moore's home, and unfortunately, they never would get back there. It's believed that sometime the night before when they were parked, they were approached like Hollis and Larray had been, with a blinding bright flashlight and a uh, revolver. I'm starting to notice a pattern here where if you're going to do naughty things off to the side of the road, uh, some bad shit's going to happen to you. Exactly. Which, to be fair, I wouldn't pull off to the side of the road and be like, let's get it on right now. I'd be like, you know what, let's get back to the house and then do it in the parking lot or the driveway. This this has got a lot of stuff with like... um, like a lot of urban legend stuff, like the the, the hook and like the yeah. bunny man and the goat man and shit like that, where it's always attacking people on the sides of the road. And in their car when they're expecting to have an alone time. Yeah. It's like an abstinence commercial. So, I mean, at this point in time, they still didn't have the um, forensic capabilities to really delve too deep into what really had happened. Um, they're guessing that Griffin had been killed first with the two shots to the back of the head with a thirty two caliber Colt revolver. Moore, on the other hand, had been dragged from the vehicle and sexually assaulted on the blacktop by the attacker. The Phantom then shot and killed her and wrapped her body in a blanket that he found in the trunk of the car and then put her in the back seat. So there's an escalation from the previous events. Exactly. But it, Same setup, but then all of a sudden escalating, giving himself some leniency, yep. some allowances, as we commonly see exactly. with serial killers. Exactly. That's a big thing with serial killers <clears throat> is they give themselves these little allowances here and there. And then they finally just go. They cut it. loose. I'm going to do it all. Now, did you did you find anything about the um, anything about that second that well technically would be was it the first couple that they found dead, right or was this is the first couple that that they he, that he had killed? The couple before this was one that got away. Yeah, that he let loose. But if you if you really yeah okay okay I thought you said that I'm sorry I was I was thinking I was just kind of I was listening but. Over, you know, overlisting, I guess, once again. But uh, now, if you look at the age, because I was looking at the ages, I was like trying to figure out the age. Yeah, 20, like, they're, they're both, you know, it's like 20, there's whatever, an age 24, gap. 29, and, then, and 17. Yeah, 29, 17. The, the, the first one was 24 and 24, 19. Yeah. Yeah. So there's still, it's like an you know, older guy, younger girl. But I don't think that really has anything to do with it. I think it's just couples on the side of the road, you know? Okay. Um, but unfortunately, any fingerprints that they would have they would have found um, because they, they, this was at the you know towards the very beginning of being able to match fingerprints and stuff like that. Um, it had rained really really hard that night, so any fingerprints that would have been left on the outside of the vehicle were completely gone. Um, but I I didn't put it in here, but I did remember reading it where even though it had rained like a son of a bitch that night, they still found a pool of uh, of uh, Polly Ann's blood behind the car. So could have been protected by the car itself, depending on the way the wind or the rain hit. Yeah, that could be. Um, 
of course, they don't really tell if it was on a hill or anything where it would have washed away. But. Exactly. So when the oh, yeah. when the police arrived on scene, they <clears throat> they found Griffin's pockets turned out and empty, and uh, Morris' purse was in the car but emptied of cash and valuables. So again, they ruled it as a robbery gone wrong, but they were stumped as to why uh, why it had been so violent this time. The only thing that I can really think of is that Griffin tried to put up a fight being, you know, a veteran going, you know, uh, no, you're not fucking with my girlfriend. You're not fucking with me or my girl. Right. I'm going to fucking put you in the dirt. And to shoot the guy in the back of the head, maybe he's thinking, you know, okay, I, I told this guy off and then he turns to go get back in the car and the guy just plugs him in the back of the skull twice and throws him back in. That's maybe that's that's how I would think. If I was going to do this, that's how I would do it. Go, okay, fine, whatever. I'll leave then. Wait till he turned around, pop, pop, throw him in the car. Yeah. You know? Kind of more <clears throat> like uh, he's showing his dominance. Yeah. Type of thing. Or maybe, like, get back in the car, we're going somewhere, and going, eh, fuck it, I'm just going to kill you instead. Well, there are some people mm-hmm. where if they think that this phantom is, if he's acting weak or timid at any point, and this dude being former military... He's like, fuck you. You ain't going to do shit. You're a pussy. Fuck off. Right. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to get my car. I'm leaving here. And you're just going to stand on the side of the road and jerk yourself off. That's all of a sudden when you're he's going to have that light switch moment of like, no, fuck you. I'm literally going to do this now. Yep. And then that's when the escalation happens because now he's been disrespected. He hasn't been listened to. Or like you were saying, Mr. Kevin H, about his masculinity or whatever has been called into play. And he said, nope, I'm not taking this. And the other the other thing to think about is this guy, you know, obviously he was military, but he wasn't like going into combat. He was he was a construction worker. You gonna fuck with a construction worker hand to hand? Not a good idea. I wouldn't fuck with anybody in the military no, hand to no. hand. No, see, because they still all have the same kind of training. Exactly, but CBs. Well, okay, they they can. They are they're an engineer, mm-hmm. so they can be combat ready. Right. So they they knew know how to do all that. Well, understandably, but I mean, hand to hand, he's still going to be a threat. Yeah. Being military, and I mean, if you've ever met most construction workers, they they are pretty fucking. Rude I have folks. a. I can tell a story about my dad who built houses for twenty <laughs> years, who after suffering a stroke and two aneurysms, can still kick my ass, and he has still fucking vice grip hands. He's five six, maybe a buck eighty, and I'm over six one, and I'm like two forty. And I don't fuck with that man because he still has an ungodly strength. But plus, he whooped your ass with a plunger. <clears throat> I guess I'm trying. I'm, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm just trying to get you to. This, he's not a construction worker. When no, you're a CB, you're not. You're. It's still the point of he built shit. He's been in the military. He knows how to handle himself. He also knows how to handle himself in other realms other than right. just combat. That, that, that's that's where I was trying to go with that whole thing. That he has strength. He has strength in more levels than just one thing. And again, that's just that's just a theory that I came up with. That's nothing like concrete with the case. Yeah, there's no easy job in the military. Right. There's no job that's like you don't see any form of training. Everything they're trained at the highest level potential possible. Don't fuck with those people. And I mean, th- this is kind of where the Phantom. I think, like, I I think I'm trying to figure out if he would have actually killed either one of them at the first scene, or if this is where he decided to ramp things up. Kind of like uh, Richard Ramirez, where you start start off with like you're breaking and entering, and your robbery, you know, robbery, and then your sexual assault, and then you go, "I'm gonna kill somebody next," because it's the only thing I haven't done yet. It's so, all light switch moment. Certain times things just get flipped. So the the Texarkana Gazette, which was the local paper, ran an article on the at the behest of Sheriff Presley on March 27th. Hi, buddy. Uh, they ran an article 
on March 27th asking uh, asking residents not to spread any rumors or anything because they hadn't seen it with their own eyes. So pretty much, hey, you don't really know what happened, so let's not put the cart before the horse, you know. Uh, there was a cash uh, cr- uh, yeah, whew, a crash reward. There was a cash reward offered, but no solid tips had ever been made to the police department. So that's our first four victims right there. Now we're going to talk about J- uh, Betty Jo Booker. There's a lot of like Pollyann, Betty Jo. It's, it's multiple names it, it for gets, one person. It, it got confusing for me where it's like, Jesus Christ, how many names do these people have? Uh, so Betty Jo Booker was a 15 year old straight A student who was generally loved by everybody that she knew. Um, as you can tell, when you start a sentence like that in a show like this, it's usually not going to end well for anybody. Uh, she played saxophone in a group called the Rhythm Airs with a guy named Jerry Atkins every Saturday night at the local VFW. So every, every other week, Atkins and another band, uh, another bandmate, Ernie Holcomb, would alternate bringing Booker home because she didn't have her license or a car, obviously. She's only 15. Um, they would bring her home after the shows. Uh, that night, it was Holcomb's turn to bring her home, but Booker told him not to worry about it because she had already set up a ride with a former classmate that was visiting. Uh, his name was Paul Martin. Atkins didn't know that there was a change until he got a call from Holcomb the next day, so he assumed that Booker had made it home safely. At 6.30 a.m. on April 15th, Martin's 1946 Ford Coupe was found by the oh, it was found by the Weaver family, who were headed to Prescott, Arkansas. The trip brought them kind of like right square through Texarkana on their way. So they discovered that the keys were still in the ignition, but no one was in the vehicle. Uh, several miles away, Betty Joe Booker and Paul Martin would be found in, Sp- uh, in Spring Lake Park. Neither the car or the bodies were anywhere near the intended destination. Um, Booker and Martin would be the Phantom's third and fourth victims. Both were shot and killed with a 32 caliber Colt revolver. And like the female victims before her, Booker had been sexually assaulted. Uh, after word spread about the murder, the residents of Texarkana flocked to the, uh, flocked to the park to see if they could get a look at the crime scene and try to add to the investigation. So, again, with people being fucking vultures, like we've talked about the last few weeks. Always oh, seems like a common occurrence. Anything there's, Anytime there's a tragedy, there are fucking people there having to collect shit. Yep. But this one was, this was a little different because it was more like, a, more like a community coming together to try to find what happened to one of their own, kind of. You know, they weren't there farting around with a crime scene trying to take stuff. They were trying to offer any information that they might have to, to the cops, pretty much. Um, but I'm sure there was still the regular just gross shit going on of like, oh, I'm going to see a dead body, you know. Uh, Martin was found almost a mile and a half away from the abandoned car, shot four times and face down in a pool of his own blood. Uh, Betty Joe Booker would be found five hours later and three miles from the car. Booker had been shot twice, and when they found her, her hands were in her coat pockets. So I don't know if she was placed that way. Or if, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's just a weird position to find a body in with their hand in their coat pockets. Was there any other uh, any other victims with their hands in their pockets later on? Not that I found. Unless she was reaching in her pockets to try to grab something and just couldn't get, like maybe there was a pen, keys, a knife, something. But they they also don't say if she was shot in the back or not because that could be something where if she was, you know, this asshole just attacked her and she's trying to walk away to go find help. She's got her hands in her pockets. If she's a little chilly or something, they just pops her in the back. Yeah. Both Booker and Martin's body showed sign of a struggle showing that they had tried to, uh, they tried to fight off the, the attacker, which unfortunately didn't work. Um, 
The police couldn't find any reasoning for the bodies to be so far from the car. When police uh, searched the car, they found Booker's saxophone was missing um, and again chalked the deaths up to a robbery gone wrong. So I'm not going to say it's lazy police work, but it's definitely them going, oh, yeah, this is somebody, just a robbery. You know, there's there's no no connection to anything here. You know, it's this is also before the term serial killer existed, too. So they put out alerts to the area to keep an uh, to keep an eye out for the saxophone matching the serial number uh, of bookers. They put the word out to like pawn shops and trade shops and stuff like that. Uh, anywhere it could have been sold for cash. Um, for a few months, the missing saxophone was the best lead the police had to try to find any like remnants of a, of the killer. On October 24th, six months later, a man named P.V. Ward and another man named J.F. McNeef, which I thought was a typo, but it's not. I thought it was McNeil, but it's McNeef. Um, they found a leather case with a saxophone still inside. The weird thing is it was found just a few yards from where they had found Booker's body all that time ago. So I think they were searching. They found her body and were like, oh, shit. And then they just kind of like... Probably went like a few feet around and yeah. didn't expand their circle of yep. you know investigation. And they were just like, "Oh shit! Well, we've got our body." So, but by the time that they had uh, they brought the saxophone to the police, they had already closed the case, so it, it didn't make any difference anyway. So the panic in Texarkana had reached an all-time high when Virgil and Katie Stark were attacked. This one was a lot different. Um, this couple was actually attacked at home. They weren't out. You know, necking in a car or something. They were at home. They lived about ten uh, about ten miles outside of town in a little farmhouse. On the night of May third, Virgil, who was thirty six at the time, was sitting in his comfy chair reading the Texarkana uh, Gazette when he was struck twice in the head uh, by bullets that come screaming through the glass window. Holy shit! He was killed instantly, just dead. So Katie, who was already in bed, heard the glass break and headed for the living room, where she found her husband slumped in his armchair. She attempted to call the police when another round came through the window and struck her in the lower jaw, spraying teeth and bone fragments across the living room floor. Mm. This woman's a fucking trooper because the amount of pain that she was in, the amount of fear that she was feeling, and I'm sure seeing your spouse dead has got some really fucked up effects on your brain. She got back to her feet and tried to grab her husband's gun, but was too disoriented from blood loss and pain. I just cry and probably shit myself. Yeah, right? So she then ran from the house towards her sister's house, which is just down the street. And she found the house was completely empty. So she continued next door, uh, which is a, a house owned by the, uh, the Prather family. When A.V. Prather answered the door, Katie said, Virgil's dead and collapsed on the floor into their house. Wait, she had enough strength... To run, knock on the door, say this, and then finally drops. She had the, the strength to run, knock on the door to an empty house, then go to the next house, knock on the door, and then out. That is like adrenaline, like superhuman shit that you only see like when a kid is trapped underneath a car yeah. and a mom lifts it up. And you get that adrenaline dump and like once it's out of your system, you're just like, uh-oh. I think I'm going to put it on record, man. Sometimes I think women are 100 times stronger Dude, than men. She, okay, she was a fucking badass. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because it's like you hear this and you hear other stories and it's like, yeah, okay. And then all of a sudden you hear about a woman doing this kind of shit. It's like, if that happened to me, dude, I'd fucking sit there and start crying. And she had the balls to go for her husband's gun first. Go, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. He comes in the house. Holy shit, dude. That's <laughs> She was a badass, you know? Wow. So by the time the police arrived, the killer had already fled. Uh, 
but again, this one being a little different, took absolutely nothing of value with him. There was no money missing. There was no jewelry missing. Nothing. Didn't so, take anything. I think one of its posted, he was just trying to stick with his usual M.O. of using the weapon mm-hmm. as a phallic symbol and seeing what she did and how she got away. Probably like, oh, fuck, I better get the hell out of here. Yeah. Because I'm not going to mess with this, and she's already gone. There's probably no way he's going to catch up to her. Yeah. My my thought similar to that was he kills him, shoots her. She gets up and takes off, and he's like, fuck, I'm not going to have time to yeah. rob this house by the time the cops get here. I got to get I gotta boogie. Well, a stereotype is that you kill the man, the woman will be defenseless because she's scared, exactly. fearful. You know, fear will take over, and then she won't be able to do anything or won't be able to be on her own. Okay, he probably sees her run, put a shot into her, drop her down the ground. Mm-hmm. Easy target. Oh, I mean, my he, God. He hit her in the head. He probably thought she was dead until she got back up and was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, and she was trying to grab her, the gun. And imagine just not even being in this man's shoes, but just imagine seeing that from, like, say, a movie perspective of, like, that is shit that seems like it's made out of fiction. Yeah. It's amazing what the human body can do when it's when it's scared and angry. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Endorphins going crazy. So the police again labeled this an attempted robbery gone wrong. It followed the Phantom's MO uh, of using a gun, targeting a couple. The biggest piece of evidence that they connected to the Phantom case was an unfamiliar set of tracks in their driveway that matched tracks from some of the other scenes. So this guy is obviously moving in a car Mm -hmm. and he's leaving tire tracks in a driveway that don't match any of the other vehicles that are there, but they also match some of the tire tracks near some of the other scenes. So this led uh, this led people in town to think that this was the work of the Phantom. This was the work of the Phantom and as his final attack on the sleepy little town. Now in November of 1948, the police came to another conclusion. The, a man had been arrested for the home invasion and attack on the Starks. They didn't think it was the work of the Phantom for a couple of reasons. First, the attack, uh, the attack of the home, which was completely out of the norm for him. He was a, uh, you know, hit and run on the on the side of the road. Yep. Secondly, he used a 22 rifle instead of a 32 revolver. Well, doesn't mean it couldn't have been the same guy. Yeah, cuz multiple people well, if they own one gun, sometimes people own multiples, and if he's using the 22 rifle for this case, he's using it out of necessity right to eliminate the man which he assumed as we discussed a few minutes ago of an easier target. Mhm. And I guarantee you probably had the pistol on him. Probably, yes. As a backup. And as we talked about before, the escalation keeps going. Why, if there's no one on the side of the road and he's got to get his jollies off, why not just go to a house? And then another thing that goes with that, if you're attacking somebody on the side of the road, you're close quarters. Yep. A pistol will work fine for that. A rifle's going to suck. Yeah, we'll try moving around with a rifle inside a closed-in area anytime. Exactly. If you pull up into somebody's driveway and you're like, I'm going to rob this house, but I'm going to kill that guy first. You, rifle, you have a rifle. You pop in through the window from the driveway. You got, well, you've got room to maneuver there so that if anybody else comes through, you can kill them too and not have to be right on top of them. Prime example. All three of us where we live, we all live with our driveways on a major road. Mm-hmm. You go across that road. No one's going to really know anything of what's going on. We're easy targets if right. we're in a window. So then you go from there. You you have a pistol. You have to be a damn good shot. Mm-hmm. You have to be a Martin Riggs to nail that fucking pistol <laughs> shot. I've been watching a lot of Lethal Weapon, folks. 
And but no, but in all seriousness though, and a twenty-two, as we know, is synonymous with a hitman because it goes in, doesn't go out, and right. makes things scrambled eggs, whatever it touches. Yep. And if you kind of are curious about what it's like to use a rifle inside of a house, take your broom and walk around like a rifle and try to maneuver through yeah, your house. Exactly. It's difficult. I think this is just an escalation move. Well, there was a lot of people that still didn't think that the attack was the Phantom. Uh, the Stark scene was covered in the killer's DNA, but this was a little bit before the time of like DNA testing and stuff like that. Um, but after the first two attacks, uh, the police departments from both Tex- from both the Texas and uh, Arkansas sides had beefed up their patrol, especially around secluded little like side and back roads. What had once been a quiet, friendly community where folk didn't really lock their doors and, you know, you could, it wasn't out of the ordinary to walk into your neighbor's house if they were home and just start talking to them without knocking or anything like that. The town became nearly a ghost town after sundown, which is kind of where they get the, uh, the name for that movie, the, the town that dreaded sundown. Cause like during the day you're fine. You got outside after dark, you might get fucking killed. It's like nightmare on Elm street, man. As soon as the sun goes down, you're scared shitless yep. cause you never know who the next target's going to be. So this is about this is forty eight years uh, forty years before DNA testing started. Yeah, so it wasn't like wasn't like a huge different you know huge amount away, but it was still you know was nowhere close to it. But um, there was a lot of businesses that saw sharp declining customers, um, especially businesses that uh, played more to night crowds like bars, movie theaters, shit like that. Uh, people were afraid to go outside after dark and very rarely ventured out after dark, fearing that they could be the next victim of the Phantom. The one business that was booming was the local hardware store and the gun shops. This is at a time where you could still go into like, a, I don't know, like an Ace or whatever, for example. Buy a fucking shotgun. No problem. You could buy shotguns at Sears and shit. No big deal. They sold them. Hey, out. they had a Walmart. What's that? Did they have a Walmart? They did have a Walmart. But like, again, this is a time where you could walk into like the local hardware store and be like, oh, I want that rifle. All right, cool. See ya. And you're as a kid, I bought a... Uh a pellet gun at the local hardware store. And I thought I was the coolest kid in the world. <laughs> so that's, uh, <clears throat> that's where we're going to leave it for this week. Oh, um, come on, man. Yeah. We're going to come back next week and, uh, and maybe finish it up, but I'm not sure. I've still got a lot more stuff to look into with it. Um, but it's, it's a really fascinating case because you have this and then <clears throat> you have the potential that this could be linked to, Possibly the most recognizable unsolved serial killer case of all time. Because from the time that this ended, this streak here ended, to the time that the Zodiac killing started, was in the neighborhood of about 20 years. So if this guy was young when he started doing this, say, call him 20 years old at that point in time. Yeah, like teenager, 18. Yeah, you know, 22, 24, whatever. By the time the Zodiac killing started, he would have been in his mid-early 40s. And that would have matched the description of what a lot of people thought the Zodiac killer was. And then you also have the weird-ass mask attacking couples in secluded areas using a revolver, which was another big thing. But the Zodiac killer mixed it up because he had a re- he used a revolver and he also used a, a 9mm automatic handgun. So, yeah, close quarters. Exactly. Maybe... No... Little bit of a spoiler curiosity here. Was there anything else relating to uh, home invasions in this case? Not that I've found so far. So as it stands right now, mm. well, rough hypothesis or estimation, 
if this is tied to the Zodiac, did the Zodiac do anything with home invasions? No. So maybe this could have been the turning point of sticking with what they knew and what worked. This this could have been a failed experiment. This very easily could have been. The attack on the Starks could have been, let's try something different. Well, that didn't work. Let's go back to what we know. I feel like other serial killers have done that type of thing. They would escalate and, as you're saying, experiment, test something. If it worked, okay, now I'm doing this too. I'm doing A, B, C. I'm going to try D. Nope, that's not working. Let's backtrack and stick with what I know and perfect this, which feels really fucking weird to say. But that's what they do. And then as soon as they get comfortable, then they modify what C is. So there's C.25. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, hmm. Gary Ridgway did a, did a lot of the shit the same way. Like, And if you believe what people say about that, he killed 100 some odd women up in Washington, Oregon, that area. But he would, you know, he strangled them. But it started out with, you know, a cord or a rope or whatever. Don't really like this. Switched over to doing it by hand. This is this is good. This is my happy place. And then they said that a lot of them that they found, the strangulation marks would make it look looked like he would turn them around and strangle them so they were facing away from him because he didn't like to look them in the eyes. So you have that experimentation with these fucking monsters that, you know. <clears throat> See, this is why I paint miniatures. I experiment <laughs> with different painting techniques, new colors, new blends, new styles. This kind of shit this is like, well, fuck. And this That's is, a fucked up hobby. This is what fascinates me so much about serial killers is going, why do they do things this way? Why are they why are they not doing it like this? Why are, you know, why why change something that you already have going well, you know? I'm always amazed by the escalation. And then you have people like Ted Bundy who are just like once in a while, oh, I'm going to throw on a fucking costume. I'm going to throw my arm in a cast. I'm going to wait for this girl to help me with my canoe. And she's got it in the air. Crowbar. You know? Like, or, or is it de-escalation? Because he could not have, may have not liked what he did and re- wanted to do something less. So he reverted to, I'm going to shoot them from the outside looking in so I don't have to, you know, be so much hands-on. That could versus, be it too. And then, he know, re- then he's like, oh, I don't like that. Yeah. That doesn't get my kicks. Yeah. So I might revert back. I mean, that'd be like having somebody like uh, like a Ted Bundy who strangled people, strangled women, and or smashed them in the head with something. All of a sudden, he's like, I think I'm going to try to stab this one. And, you know, eh, don't like that. Eh. I feel like that was somebody that we watched on, like, what was it, not Criminal Minds, that, uh, oh, what the fuck is it? It was that Netflix show that you and I were watching. Uh, Mastermind? Yeah. Where I feel like there were some that were like tested and they're like, yeah, I realized after I did it once, I didn't like it. Like, oh, uh, I didn't like stabbing them. It was too messy. Uh, Mindhunter? Mindhunter. Yeah. That, maybe that's yeah. what it was. Where like when you go through and you interview him and Ed, like you. Ed Kemper. Yeah. Yep. He find out when he did one thing, he's like, I didn't like it. It wasn't my style. Like I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be fun, but it yeah. didn't become that. I, I think his exact quote was. Stabbing somebody is really hard. <laughs> yeah, it's you like don't really, just stab them once and they die. You know, you you got to really work at it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, knock knock. Who's there? Canoe. Canoe. Can you end this episode so we can <laughs> go do some gaming? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> ah, canoe uh, joke. Dad joke one hundred and one. Did Did I ever tell you the the canoe reefs thing? <laughs> you do look like fat Keanu Reeves. Oh my god! I I was at my parents' house one night before we bought the house. <clears throat> and I don't know what I did, 
my dad walks through the kitchen and he made some comment. He's like, oh, you look like fucking Canoe Reeves. And I'm like, who? <laughs> He's like, yeah, that, you know, that actor. I was like, Keanu Reeves? He's like, yep. To be fair, though. Fucking Canoe Reeves. <laughs> your dad's called me Sally since day one of meeting me. And I'm like, dude, I'm bigger, stronger, and faster than you. I will not fuck with you. But again. It's Marcy, by the way. Not Sally. No, he calls me Sally. <laughs> no, that's what I would have said to him. Like, my name's Marcy, you asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's why at my wedding I called him Sally when we wished him happy birthday. Oh, my God. He turned like fucking tomato red. That yeah, I thought good. he was going to kick my ass and then come up and give me a beer for finally giving it back to him. <laughs> but, yeah, that's uh, that's the end of this one. Um, like I said, i got to finish up the book that I'm reading, and uh, we'll have this probably done. I'm guessing this will be done next week. Definitely an but, interesting episode. I'm excited for next week. Yeah, me too. I, I, This book that I started reading, like once I really got into it, it was, not, I can't really say it's hard to put down because I'm reading it on my Kindle. So don't, <laughs> it's it's a real, uh, a real, you know, real page right turn. swiper. Page turner. Oh, I'm sorry. I got to swipe left to turn the pages. So, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, I thought it was an interesting topic. So, and I've been itching to do some more true crime shit. So. Yeah, but eh, anyway, what? Uh, what? You, you got stuff to talk about. I do? Yeah, you do. Uh, what? Oh, that thing. That thing that hobby holds. What? The hobby that holds your things. What? Yeah, that thing. Hmm. Yep. Fuck. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, what he's talking about, obviously, I said it at the top of the show, I'll say it at the bottom of the show, we're talking about the hobby holder from Game Envy Creations. Their site is GameMV.net. Like I said before, with Valentine's Day coming right around the corner, head on over there, pick out a loved one, a sweet hobby-related tool, so that way when they're painting their miniatures, you can watch them smile with joy as you give them candy and a hobby holder. Because you know what? You can get the hobby holder in pinks, purples, and all variety of different colors. And then when you do that, you put it in the cart, and you go to checkout. You put in the promo code BROADSTONE. That's me, folks. We got over this. And you will save yourself $10 off the entire order. And where can you buy stuff to put on that hobby holder? So, there's a variety of different locations that you can buy cool stuff, gaming-related or collectible or comic book-related. However, our personal favorite is... (laughs) The only one we're contractually obligated to talk about. (laughs) No, they're like... You're related to them. That's, That's not true. contractually <laughs> obligated. That's because we enjoy them. They I was have trying great... to be a smartass. God. Stop being a smartass because they're great people. They are good people. They are probably one of the best places that have the best prices for miniatures, card games, board games, comics, and all sorts of collectibles. But we've talked about it before, and I'll bring it up again. If you are in a miniature game system or a gaming system and you want to get out of it, and you want to either put it towards something else, something totally different, new game, new collectible, new comic book, like what I typically do, head on over to Dicehead.com, home of Dicehead Games. They're located in Cleveland, Tennessee. And when you go to their site, that's Dicehead.com, there is a little tab that says Miniature Trade-In Program. You click that, you follow the prompts, you take pictures of what miniatures you have, you send it to them. Within about two to three business days, it usually takes them a little while because they want to make sure to get you the best price. They will come back with an offer for those miniatures. You send them down. doesn't matter if they're painted, unpainted, on the sprue, off the sprue, glued together. does not matter. As long as they are complete, they will give you one of 
the best prices possible to put it towards store credit or cash. Go store credit, folks, because that way you get really good deals on goodness. And you know what? Like I said, they're family, they're friends, and I can't wait to see them at Adepticon. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Um, you want to talk about the uh, artwork? We already did. Well, do it again. In case, what if they missed the beginning of the episode? What if they're coming into it late? Yeah. <laughs> Send us artwork. We're looking for it for a new new design for the podcast. Send it to uh, darkwindowspod at gmail.com. Yep. By March 1st. Yep. The winner is going to be... We won't tell select- what the winner is going to get. Well, no, because... Or we, not get. We still don't know what the winner is going to get or not get. Everybody's going to get a sticker if you send a shit, though. Yeah. Um, Maybe the winner will just get a picture of me with a sweet Hulk Hogan-style pose. I've got an idea, though. 8 by 10 I'm thinking if we get the winner, whoever... Okay. We get him, like, a nice, like, glossy, like, 8 by 10 picture... Of me standing like out on the back lawn, like hopefully it's like green and not snowy by then, in the kilt with no shirt and just holding like a glazed donut over each nipple, my hair all on the wind and shit, it'd be fucking sexy. Dude, I'll dress just... up as Ariel. Ariel? Yeah! Because I'm a redhead. It'll work. <laughs> Apparently, you know, she's in the new uh, Aquaman. Really? There's a redhead wearing green. Oh, no shit. Okay, fair enough. Ariel. How would you send him a sticker that has our three faces on it? No. We can, we can do all that of That is boring we love our fans we want to give them the goodness and who doesn't want a, a sexy picture of a fat man in a kilt with no shirt on <laughs> I my, my hand's not I up know. in the air dude i we, definitely want it we could photoshop like a rainbow in there and like a unicorn it behind it make it look like a like a i could be the world's tallest novel. leprechaun taking my pot of gold and doing a little thumbs up in the back corner so perspective wise i'm really small yeah even though i'm the one of the tallest ones here yeah that'd be perfect all right, people. Make, make it look art. Like it look like a romance novel cover. <gasps> Ooh, yeah. you could be the Fabios because you got the beautiful hair. It, oh shit! I'll just be like standing there and shit with my kilt and have Kevin like sit on the ground in front of me, like hugging my leg and looking up at me, all like he saved me, you know. And Seth standing in the back like a bad guy, like fucking Bluto from Popeye. <laughs> no, I was thinking Dick Dastardly. The <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna work. We gotta get yeah. you a dress, dude. All right. Like I said, <laughs> send in artwork. We want to make beautiful arts to send back yeah because we need a new logo because ours is ours is tired it needs a nap not that we need one we would like one yeah it'd be nice it'd be pretty rad it's almost a year come on yeah yeah and yeah we got new promo codes we got another new sponsor ie dicehead.com yeah and why not you know put up a new logo and we'll give you a shout out oh and you know kevin h is doing some ninja shit in the background working on another sponsor too but we're not going to talk no, about that one let's cut that part out why because we don't want to let them know that. What, that we're working on getting another sponsor? We can let That's them know. fine. We don't have to say what it is, we're, you know? Exactly. We're just, it's Captain all... Captain Vague Pants. We be vague. Yeah. We're, you're doing it all behind the scenes. You're like a fucking... Wait. You're like throwing smoke bombs and shit. <gasps> what? Fat Man throws a smoke bomb, tries to run, and runs into the wall. <laughs> you never can... Fu- fuck off, dude. Oh! I've done that before, just without the smoke bomb. Oh, I was thinking Kevin <laughs> Smith, when he did it one time as Fat Man, it was... Oh. Comic Con. Never mind. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, you can contact us at uh, on Facebook. Boom. Uh, Dark Windows Podcast, Instagram, and Twitter. We're both there. We're at both of those at uh, Dark Windows Pod. Boom, boom. Um, go check out ageofradio.org forward slash Dark Windows. Boom. Uh, that's our official page through uh, our uh, network. Um, down at the bottom, you got links for all the. All the sponsors and stuff where, you know, you can go and buy stuff through them. It's pretty awesome. Most important place. 
You can also email us at Boom! Gmail. Whoa, whoa. What I said earlier. Yeah. Darkwindowspod at Gmail. Yeah. Because that's where they got to send the arts. Exactly. That's where the art needs to go to. And Mr. Kevin C, where can you find yourself? Uh, I find myself at home usually. Uh, oh, uh, Facebook. I'm on Facebook all the time. I'm on the page constantly. Uh, my Instagram is kcarlton87. Uh, I don't have a Twitter because I'm an old man and I don't like to use it. And Big Ginger. That was hurtful. <laughs> eh, go with it. All right, I will. I am at Broadstone underscore creations where you can see me make art. But no dark windows art because I'm not allowed to enter. And you, what about you, Mr. And you big fat kid, Kevin H. Where can you find yourself? Oh, hey. I Bitch, I was going to give you a sweet-ass intro, man. Nothing negative like that. Kevin, oh, I Kevin called H. myself a fat kid earlier this week. It was funny. Kevin H., where can you find yourself? Well, self. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I can find myself every time I look no, in the wait. reflection. What's up, you sexy fuck? I have a story to tell. You're like Jin we... the Anvil Neidhart had a baby with a beard. Anyway. <laughs> I have a story to tell to, to, to rag on my own self before we go off. I miss him. I was doing an, an inspection at a place in southern Vermont, and I had a lady. Hey, shut the fuck up. Continue. I had a lady that uh, that said to me and the other gentleman that was with me, hey, you just got done in my room, you know, doing the inspection. Yeah, is that what you call it nowadays, yep. kid? Bam. You go do an inspection yep. in a room. Testing those fire. Yeah. Testing. Smoke detectors and testing the CO detector. Testing her buttons. Penny inspector. And, <laughs> and she oh, said, sex kitten. And she said to us, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Shut up. He's telling a story. Oh, you are just fucking being disgusting, though. Anyway. She anyway. said to us, would you like any, would either of you boys like to have a snack or, you know, something? She yeah. Really like, oh, Want to get at this cotton candy? And she Ow. said, I have little Debbies. Well, yeah. I'm that, interested. I was like, hey, that's like saying to a fat kid, do you want cake? I was like, yes, I do. Little Debbies is for cake. And I she, I was like, I'm a fat kid. And she instantly went, she started laughing and went right back inside, goes, comes back out. I have zebra cakes and I have something else. I went, I'll take the zebra cake. What was the other thing? Do you remember? No fucking Were clue. they those cosmic brownies? Like the ones that are made no. out of like. Ricey caramel? No. 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 Swiss cake rolls. Oh, dude, that's a tough choice. Wow, that I, is tough. I, 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 I will go with the zebra because you get the two and you can sandwich them and make one epic bite. Hot take. I'm taking the Swiss rolls because I what I do is I bite the ends off, okay? Just okay. The very ends. Then I just take all the other chocolate off with my teeth and then I eat it like that. See, with the jelly rolls, mm. I'll take a bite of both ends and just the jelly rolls, jam it in my face. The jelly rolls are too sweet for me. You fucking yeah, they, weirdo. They hurt my teeth. Anyway, with that said, uh, you can find me anyway at yeah. at Speedy802 Boom. on Instagram. Shit, we took the long way to get there, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's okay because we got a good story because now I want zebra cakes. Oh, I've got ring dings downstairs. You fucker. Hey, you know what that means? That's that's a ring ding sound opening. Time to pop. Beer 30 pop. time. Yeah. I love you, Justin. <laughs> so just, you know, I'm, you know what? You just, don't want to have a look in the dark. Well, you can look just, in just a dark Just because window. you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that there's not some psychopath in your driveway with a rifle. But always remember, we love you. Kisses. Just because you can't see out into the dark doesn't mean that the dark can't see into you. I still love you. Bye-bye. Toodaloo.